Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. I'm very, very excited. We have, uh, man, this week, we just have great guest after great guest after great guest. Well, I mean, we always do, right? Right? But especially this week. Um, man, I, I don't know who was in charge of booking, but I'm uh, pretty impressed with them. I'll have to buy uh, him, uh, some cat with some crazy hair, a uh, cup of coffee next time I see him. Um, no, it's fantastic. We have, Today is no exception. We've got a, a fantastic writer-director of a documentary I watched the other day. Um, it is uh, a, uh, it's, well, I'm just going to say, it's called PTSD, The Walking Wounded. It is, um, you know, dealing with that serious subject of uh, PTSD, but done so. This, this documentary is incredibly eye-opening to me and inspiring and uplifting at the same time. Um, and it's definitely one uh, I came away from thinking about, thinking about a lot. And uh, it's just really, really good. Uh, our, the writer-director I'm speaking of, of course, is uh, Mrs. Ash Pantino. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right and not uh, carving it up. Ash, how are you? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, after watching your documentary, how, how could I not? You know, it is um, it, it is such a, you know, it's one of those things that you hear a lot about. It, it comes up, you, you, and unfortunately, you see a lot in the news and whatnot where, you know, uh, it's at one extreme end, and that's usually not good. Um, and, and it's just very, it's one of those things, it's like, oh, it's so sad, and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you put a human face to it uh, with your documentary and everybody involved in making it. it it's so such a powerful documentary. I um, I really enjoyed this. I, I, wow. I, I was Thank a better you. person for watching it, you know. Um, it, it, well, yeah, that's, go ahead, that's go ahead. interesting that you say that because that's exactly how I felt. What you just said about PTSD is it was kind of always on the peripheral. Like I didn't really mm-hmm. know what it meant. And I'm sure I felt very much sympathy for the person, people dealing with it, but I, I didn't know what that meant, really. I didn't know why, what I was feeling sorry about and why, you know, wondering what happened or what, what, what causes it or what, what it creates in them. And so that's why I wanted to make the film is because when I started to understand it, I was like, wow, I bet people will want to know about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, um, my father was a, uh, a veteran, Vietnam veteran. And he did not talk about his time in the, in the service. Um, you know, growing up and, and whatnot, you kind of piece it together a little bit. About once a year, he was not a drinker or, you know, he didn't do anything like that. But about once a year, he would. And then, you know, uh, as you learn later in life, <laughs> that booze sometimes loosens those lips up a little bit, you know, and he would, you know, you'd hear like little bits and pieces of uh, just disturbing things. You know, he, he would say, you know, it's, it's what you see in the movies isn't as real as you, you think, you know, uh, he goes, things get very strange and very quickly in, in a bad situation, you know, and, and then he would just leave it at that. And you're like, what did he do? You know, I mean, this isn't, you know, and you don't want to push it. Um, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. You know, uh, people going through stuff, but you want to be supportive and whatnot. Um, some of the stories that uh, the people interviewed in this documentary, uh, some of their, I don't want to call them stories, some of their accounts uh, that they were saying, man, it, 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 it was bad. You know, I mean, you, you feel just, your heart breaks. You're like, holy mo-. Um I forget his name. It was the one fellow in, in He'd called his friend who was a police officer, and he had, you know, oh, he was texting yeah. people saying goodbye. And you're just like, 
and no one's texting them back. You know what I mean? And it's just you're like, oh man, the car's heading towards the cliff, and somebody needs to turn the wheel or pull the brake or something. You know, and uh, I don't want to give anything away. Spoiler <laughs> <laughs> alert! No, that, 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 <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying it's it's um, you know it's, that's just one of the the accounts that that you guys showcased in this, and, and it, it, there's several, and it's very. Um, you know, and it doesn't, I, I don't care what people say, you know, oh, well, I disagree with the war and blah, 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 or whatever, whatever man. I, I don't, that isn't what this is about. This is about people um, who are in a bad spot and, and need some help. And I don't think you can watch this documentary without saying, what can I do? Um, sign yeah. me up. What, what do I need to do to help, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we were trying to showcase, too, is that there are things people can do. And, you know, I think what's amazing is during the interviews with um, the people that we did interview is you see a common thread. We even edited it. So even though they all are from, you know, different types of military branches, they were in different spots. Mm -hmm. But when they started to tell their stories, what's wild about PTSD is the stories became so similar that we were able to line up the interviews uh, right next to each other so that someone was talking about one thing and another person would almost finish their sentence because it was Mm. the exact same thing they were saying. And so we started to see these, like these things that tied each of these people together with such similar shared experiences, but yet they were on different continents when they experienced the trauma and when they came back, they weren't, you know, they didn't know each other. They didn't live in the same spot. Like it was incredible to see the dynamic and how real it really woke up, woke me up to what PTSD was and how significant of an impact it has. Basically like 20% of our returning veterans have experienced or will experience PTSD. And that's a wild number when you think about it. I mean, think about any other job on the planet where you have 20% who are going, going to go through something like that, you know? Absolutely. I'll tell you, like I said, my father didn't talk about it, but I will say this. And this struck me when I was watching this, it was the same fellow who, who was having that uh, accounting of the, 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 the bad situation there. Um, and he had said that the part of his healing was helping other people. And at the end of my father's life, uh, the last few years, he um, he started getting involved with his local VA hospital and volunteering and doing what he could and, and, and helping people. And it, I remember talking with him about this, and he had told me something that, that really struck me, um, that made me think, as he said, you know, he goes, the difference with war today is when I was in it, is there's been so many medical advances and technology and whatnot, a lot more people are surviving than did before. Yeah. And he said, so the, the, the system can get overtaxed because it was designed before, before, you know, those places, things were put into place. And he said, it, it's hard to deal with all that. And he goes, and a lot of people who need help are just somebody to talk to. Um, they have to wait a little bit, and that's that's not a good thing. Things changes need to be made to accommodate that. And you know, it was one of those things I thought about. I'm like, you know, I'm, I have, of course he's right. You know, <laughs> we're all yeah. benefiting from technology, um, and it's 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 crazy. Uh, well, let's, let me ask you a little bit. I know we jumped right into it because it's in my it's right in the forefront of my brain. This documentary is so so powerful. Um, but I wanted to ask a little bit about getting into the documentary. Um, Ash, uh, no, as I understand it, I was reading your IMDb. You're from the UP, Michigan. And, um, oh, I'm a Uper. Then you yep. moved out west? Or... Nice. Uh, I, I was actually right myself. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, I was actually um, not in Mar- – I was born in Marquette, Michigan, but my family moved to Colorado, so I was raised in Colorado, uh-huh. but now my whole family gotcha. lives in the UP. So not only has it significantly <laughs> played a huge part of my life, I really consider UP my home, even though I was more raised in Colorado, but I love the UP. So <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, it's, it's a uh, beautiful area up there. Um, you know, I, I – 
I remember being a kid and I had this girlfriend and she talked me into, um, it was the first, like, you know, you're a kid, you're still doing kid stuff, you know, and going to clubs and whatnot. And she goes, let's go on vacation. Let's go to Copper Harbor. I'm like, where the heck is <laughs> Copper Harbor at? You know, are you kidding? And we did, and we rented cabins and a bunch of us went up there. It was beautiful and fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, well, for those who don't know, we're talking you... the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Very beautiful. Now, you let the cat out of the bag. Now everyone's going to come up there. You can't tell people how beautiful it is because <laughs> nobody's up there. So you get it all to yourself, kind of. Now you've just let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> let me put it this way. It's a long drive, folks. And going there over the Mackinac go. Bridge to get there can be a little scary. I don't think I've been on a bridge higher or longer. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, it is a little intimidating for sure. <laughs> Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Now, how did you get into film? Were you like, growing up, were you like the film girl, uh, you know, making movies and doing skits and all this and that? Um, How did that happen, Ash? Yeah, basically, my parents got a home movie camera when I was eight years old, and that was it. I was uh, (laughs) shooting. um, I I taught myself to edit between two VCRs. I at one point in fifth grade, wrote an entire narrative script called Best Friends at Night and uh, Mm. cast my friends, and uh, my mom filmed it. Uh, She knew when I wanted her to cut because I would scratch my head because I was obviously starring in it too, and it's hilarious to look back on. But what I think it shows as a fifth grader who has the initiative to write and make it and put the whole thing together, it was probably about a half hour long in the end, I think the writing was on the wall. I think like everyone was like, "Oh, she really wants to do this. <laughs> this is uh, this is very That's important." Amazing. So, yeah, that so that amazing. was that was it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what I was doing in fifth grade. Probably eating paste or some pulling girls' pigtails. <laughs> or something. You know, just being a not not. I wasn't making movies. I can tell you that. Wow, <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, well, very, you know, very that cool. First- that first one didn't make it anywhere, but you know. <laughs> no, but it's you know it it's it's I get it I get it it's I tell you it um you know there there's there's moments um when I was a kid just before I went to I'm a I'm not in the uh, movie business um I'm a painter by trade I paint pictures of people for a living been doing that a long time and um many a million years ago uh, me and my friends. Uh, we were all at that point in our lives where we were, um, nobody could afford their own apartment. So we were all renting rooms, like usually from older ladies. And um, <laughs> so you couldn't hang out at the house, you know, with your friends. So we would, you know, go to clubs and this and that. And But there was a Denny's we would all converge on because they never closed. And they didn't mind us hanging out. And we could sit in there for hours and drink coffee. And I was always drawing stuff. I was the friend that was always, you know, sitting there with a sketch pad drawing stuff. And some guy saw me. He came over, looked at what I was drawing, and he said, I'll give you $150 for that, that drawing right now. And I'm like, yeah, I get, you want two more? <laughs> you know, I was right. down for that. But that moment, I, I look back, and more than anything, I think that was when the light bulb went on. I'm like, I can make a living doing this. This is what yeah. I need to be doing. And, and you know, and then then it was you know art school and all that afterwards, learning my my trade. Um, but it was that moment in that Jenny's that night, and I have no idea who that guy was. Whatever happened to that drawing? Uh, no, it doesn't matter <laughs> because that was the moment that. Um, and it sounds like when you were making this film, you know, you're quite a bit younger, of course, uh, but that was your moment, you know, where you were like, "This is what this is it." Here we go. Yeah, I think I I fully un- I think. You know, instinctively, I understood how now, obviously, there was a lot of learning that came along the way, um, but I instinctively like understood what you kind of needed to do to make it already, even without being traditionally taught. So I think that when you see a kid kind of picking up on something naturally, you really should flame, you know, fan those flames. And my parents were amazing. They never were like, this is a bad idea. And back then, you know, even when I went to college, like most parents would not have been okay with their kid being like, I'm going to go to film school. But, you know, they would have been like, no, you need a business right. degree or a doctor or a lawyer. But my parents were like, awesome. 
film, so I was really lucky That's to have so that cool. backing because you know a lot of times that can that can take away a dream is a parent being like, oh, you got to stay the safe path, and instead my parents were like, yes, let's do this, and I, it was nice to have that kind of support. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rockscare, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Absolutely. And for any parents out there, when you see your youngster, you know, um, have that spark uh, about something, you know. Yeah, I, you know, it's a pain to drive them across town to whatever, you know, um, uh, activity or uh, karate or whatever. You, you never know what it is, you know. But encourage that. Encourage that. Um, you know, I, I think yeah. more. Ah, oh, man, I got into, you know, I don't do it so much anymore. But about a, this is probably about a year and a half ago, 
I, I was still wading into arguments on Facebook and social media. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I was doing. Yeah, I was doing that. You know, getting outraged and thinking I could change their mind uh, by arguing with them. Um, how naive, how sweet and naive I was. But somehow, uh, some some lady had was complaining about having to drive her, her kid to like dance class or something, you know, and posting about it on Facebook. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? You're a parent, man. This is your, you know, roof, food, getting them better than you, you know, whatever. Right. That's the job, baby, you know. Um, yeah. As I understand, of course. I'm I'm a person saying that with no children, <laughs> you know. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm the cool uncle that never gets frustrated. I just have fun all the time, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's that's how I am. Except an aunt, not an uncle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's much more fun. Um, I won't be the one they're called. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> When they get into trouble at 4 a.m., let me call Uncle Jamie. He knows some attorneys. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. Not the right one. <laughs> oh, man. So that's so you went to school. You went to school and everything and then got out. Something fascinating. Now, we're going to get back, folks, to the Walking Wounded documentary, but there's a lot to cover here. And one of the things that I – first off, my wife um, is a woman um, – in, of the modern era, and that means that um, you know maybe maybe I'm to blame for this. Uh, I don't think so though. But um, but who knows? She loves crime. She loves crime. Or she loves crime shows. I should say. I call them murder shows. Um, you know, usually where somebody's done somebody wrong, and the, you know these these kind of docudrama type deals. And yep. Ash, you have one. A, a whole website. Ashes yeah. to ash. How cool is that? Yeah, thank you. Yes, that is uh, that is definitely a passion of mine is giving a voice, what I say to the voiceless, you know, finding those crimes that seem like they could have been solved, but they're, you know, not not being looked into correctly or cared about correctly. So we dive in and investigate everything about the case and show all the evidence we find. And we don't, you know, tell people what to think about it, but we show them everything we find and we let people make up their own minds. But yeah, it's definitely a passion of mine is investigating cold cases and seeing if we can find out what, what may have actually happened. It's amazing. It's um, ashes to ash TV.com. And I will be posting a direct link I'll be uh, on my social media after everybody, um, so you can get right there. Because I know a lot of my listeners, everybody's into into this. You know, they they like this kind of stuff, uh, myself included. Myself included. I kind of joke <laughs> a little bit about it with my wife. Um, you know, um, I don't think a crime's been committed. We haven't watched a show. No, I'm, I'm unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, but it's crazy, and you're absolutely right because a lot of these cold cases, you know, you watch afterwards, and you're just like. Where's the Keystone Cop music playing? Because these guys, you missed that? Are you kidding me? Um, and unfortunately, that happens quite a bit, you know. It, it, I, I wish people yeah. were on it. But again, maybe it's Monday morning quarterbacking is a lot easier than, you know, in, in the heat of the moment, I suppose. But you three seasons of this, Ashes to Ash. How cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that is that is what's interesting is, yeah, I'm, I have a lot of respect for cops and detectives, but there are some that do not do their jobs very well. And I think that it's, there's nothing wrong with questioning authority in an appropriate way and trying to figure out answers, especially if you feel like Absolutely. there's something that's not being done correctly. So I, I do think more people should kind of stand up and look into things themselves and be outspoken because – there are a lot of things that are pretty shady that happen. And I, I think people miss them a lot of the times because we're told to just respect authority and not question it. But I think we should more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I, before I was having my lunch today and um, I in general keep the television off uh, when I work throughout the day. Um, it, with the exception of when I have my lunch, I sit down for half an hour and I flip through the, uh, the news and whatnot. And, and you, you know, that right now there's a lot of whataboutisms uh, with this uh, Gabby, uh, I can't think of her last name, Petito? Oh, Petito? Petito. 
you know, people are like, well, what about these people? What about, yes, that's terrible too. Every, all of these needs to be solved and, and handled, you know, are you kidding me? Um, but yeah. this is the one we've got in front of us right now for whatever reason, good or bad. And, um, you know, I saw the FBI were, were taking that over and I'm like, well, hopefully they can find this guy. I don't know. Yeah. Is, I'm just a painter with a podcast, folks, but I'm just saying when the kid's parents said, oh, yeah, he's in this nature preserve, you might want to look in the opposite direction of the nature preserve. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. But, again, what do I know? What do I know, you know? That's actually a good thought, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that myself, but that that actually might not be that far-fetched. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> oh, it's crazy. That whole thing, it's interesting with that. I, I saw on Twitter the other day, not that I've been following this, this is just, it, it pops up. You know, we have all this information coming in that Dog the Bounty Hunter showed up to the parents' house and looking in the windows. And I'm like, come on. Can we get some seriousness on this? You know, there's a little gal of uh, right. Yeah. You know, come on, people. Um, and it's just, you know, people want them clicks and them ratings. Anyway, we're far uh, afield, but that's very cool. So you're doing a lot of um, kind of docu-series and, and, and whatnot and, and delving into this. Um, you're not making zombie movies. I right. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not well, there's anything I, I wrong with zombie movies. Of course, definitely not. But I think I think part of it was, you know, finding that I had – you know, obviously loved filmmaking. That was a passion of mine. And then as I started to get older and started the the shine of the world started to wear off a little bit and I kind of started to see things for what they were, I realized I could combine the two gifts of, you know, uh, my fearlessness and investigative skills with my filmmaking to create uh, films and series that open people's eyes. Um, and also in our day and age, the media sometimes reports things incorrectly and they do it over and over and over again. And Mm -hmm. often, you know, we're, we're hoodwinked whether it's been on purpose or by accident, but I wanted to show people what was really happening and let them come to their, make up their mind on their own. So I think that when I was able to combine the, my curiosity about some of these cases and some of the films that I do with the fact that I can make films, I think it became a a really strong passion. And I think just some of the success that I've had early on here doing this shows that people really care about this type of content and they want to hear these stories and they want to bear witness so that they can make changes also. And I think that's such an important thing that we're missing in some of our media sources today. Oh, I agree. I agree a hundred a thousand percent. Um, you, you know, they, they sensationalize everything. And and again, I'm not one of these guys screaming at the wall, you know, oh, the media. I, I will scream louder at us, society, for not being a little more discerning, you know. Um, a little healthy mm-hmm. dose of skepticism when people's telling you something. Look at it this way, folks. If you're buying a used car and the person keeps telling you how great the car is, you still want to have a mechanic look at it before you spend your money. Yeah. Same thing with the media, you know? And, um, and Ash is, is an investigative mechanic. Um, she will tell you, uh, you know, she, she's an expert at this. She knows how to, how to look at things. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Getting as, right. well, as much information well, as you can. That's good. No, well, and... I think that's that's part of the problem is with how some, not all, obviously, because there are great media sources out there, but how some of them handle things is they literally just repeat what other media sources say. And some right. of that information is incorrect from that initial media source. It gets disseminated incorrectly time and time and time again. So, like, we'll start looking into something, and within minutes – realize there's been major errors and and we can't figure out why you know 30 people said that major error and it's all because they relied on the initial news station to give them correct information so work yeah Yeah. exactly and i you know i'm not saying some of that's not okay obviously you can't think and investigate and look into everything but when it comes into like somebody being murdered and who's potentially responsible for that, I think you need to have your facts right. So if you're not double checking, I think you're making a big error and you're doing an injustice, not only to the people involved, but to the people listening. 
And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Bay Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrate, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, she's a fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like those, that, that um, I forget the name of it. It's a famous name that just escapes me right now. It's, it's the where they get people off death row. Um, they go back and look at the case and say, uh, you, you know, this was wrong, you know, and then they, um, and, I've had friends, you know, this is topic has come up at uh, dinner parties and whatnot, and people are like, well, you know, and, and I'm like, this cat is on death row, man. <laughs> that shouldn't have, it shouldn't have got to that point, you know? If you were on yeah. death row, you'd want these people looking into it, and you were innocent. Come on. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I have it's, people say, say things to me like why why would you do that or why you know why would you put yourself in harm's way potentially but that's why is there someone on the other side who doesn't have a voice and if it was you in that position would you want someone to fight for you i think so so i just feel like we should all take a little bit more responsibility (laughs) when it comes to those kinds of things or at least be sensitive if somebody else is willing to make the fight 
to allow them to do that if the information that they're coming out with shows that the person is not guilty or is not responsible or is responsible. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's families with questions and uh, that need answers and, um, you know, just, just some answers, you know, I mean, come on. Um, but yeah, that's cool. That is ashes to ashes. Um, that's ashes to ashes TV.com folks. And like I said, I will be posting um, a direct link to that website as well. You can watch the episodes and get involved and donate and become a member, all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's very, very cool. So you have this, you've been doing these and making this types of films and whatnot. How did the PTSD, how did this come across your desk, Ash? Yeah, kind of crazy enough. I had a friend who was volunteering with Play for Your Freedom, which goes mm-hmm. into ho- hospitals that vets are in and gets them out and oddly enough, you know, collects them up and they all go play football. And when I nice. saw that, I I was kind of like, this is weird, right? Like I was like, this, I don't know if I understand this. So I, I went out to one of the events and you saw just amazing people uh, and they were playing football, kind of working together in the community that they had formed. And then I went back the next, week and they the vets who had been there that first week brought more vets the second week and they were then helping the next group of vets and then it extended past football you know to make sure everybody can be included whether that means they do something at the event or you know we they introduced yoga at some point like art so that the events could be based around people's capabilities and then pretty soon we had, like, ex-giant players coming out and um, donating their time to help the vets. And it just started to spiral. And when I watched the progression of some of the vets go from kind of isolating to kind of quiet to reserved uh, to playful and bringing other vets out and caring deeply and then becoming part of the organization, I was like, wow, there's something, like, so magical about this yet it's so simple and i just wanted people to see and understand what i was seeing you know it's amazing it's amazing and this is documented in the documentary folks um it it is it is just um so cool and you know it, it doesn't once you watch the documentary and and you i was looking at the play for your freedom i'll be posting a link direct link to that as well ladies and gentlemen um it it doesn't surprise, because you're right, it is so simple. You know, here's a group of people, you know, men and women, um, more women as, as, as things move on, you know, or, or we have a lot, a lot of female veterans now. Um, and, but here's a group of people that their whole gig, their whole thing is teamwork. You know, they, they have been working together in, in community to get things done. That, that's how the military works. Not a lot of individualism in the military is what I'm saying. And that's a good thing because it takes a lot of people to accomplish goals that the military needs to go. But what I'm saying is their mindset is teamwork. And sometimes they come back, and part of that bad transition is not having a community, not having that team behind them that they're readily aware of. And this just really brings, you know, hammers it home. And, and I think that's such a cool thing. That is such a cool thing, and so many of these folks need that, you know? And they just blossom. Yeah, well, they seem to blossom under it. Uh, absolutely, and I think that's one thing that when you engage the veteran community and give them tasks and, um, you know, ask them to bring other vets out, they take that really seriously. Like, even if they have a task at the Play for Your Freedom event, they take it very seriously, and then – if you tell them, please bring another vet next time you come, like they make it their mission. So it's kind mm-hmm. of amazing to see people so capable and willing and wanting to be present in there that that you can engage really easily. It's It, it wasn't a complicated process. And then he, when we decided to do the film, there, there were many people who wanted to share their stories so that people could learn from it. Cause I believe I thought at the time, well, it might be hard to get people to interview for this, to tell their stories and be open about some of the things they've experienced. And then I found out that, no, they were, they were more than willing to give away their stories because they That's wanted, awesome. they wanted to help people. So I thought it was really impressive to, to see the subjects we had in the film and how, 
engaged they were to this whole process. Well, it, it is it is just you know such such a cool thing and, and such a cool project. And again, folks, I'll be posting a direct link. We'll have a direct link on our uh, show page as well. We don't right now, but we will as soon as the show's over. Um, I'm making a note as we speak. Uh, very cool organization, and if you can help, do what you can do, man. Um, you know, that, that's what I'm saying, you know. Uh, forego that latte tomorrow. Uh, you'll feel a lot better <laughs> helping with this. Um, you know, anyhow. So this this was what, what was cool. This was kind of the impetus of um, uh, PTSD, the uh, the Walking Wounded documentary. And, um, and but, you know, also um, – Oh, I'm trying to think of her name. Um, the lady, the the woman you had. Um, uh, oh, Jillian. Was it Jillian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That is just, um, y- you know, watching her talk about her brother and whatnot. Um, I and again, I, this is something I really don't talk about a lot, especially on the air. But but I had a younger sister who um, took her life uh, many oh. many years ago, and it was a terrible terrible thing. And I'll tell you what, folks, it's very easy to think of these things in, you know, in the abstract and esoteric ways. And and then when you, when it happens and you see the fallout to family members and and whatnot, uh, the domino effect of that, it it gets very serious. And I was watching her talk about her brother and you could tell that she had been through and she was talking about their mother and all. And I'm like, and for me, I'm like, yeah, been there, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's so serious. And hey, just real quick, anybody listening uh, to the show or whatever, if you're in a dark room, I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm a painter. I paint pictures of people and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but there are people who are way above my pay grade who do get it and can help. And there's help out there, uh, you know, and, and we all have a phone in our pocket if you need to use it. Use it. Very serious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you 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 had her on it, and she was great. Everybody in this that was interviewed was great. Um, and I'm trying to remember the main guy. Now he was the one uh, that was involved with the uh, uh, play for yourself or play for your freedom. I mean, um, oh, what's his? I'm, I'm looking at David up David Lionheart. Now. Yep. Lionheart. Yeah, David Lionheart. Lionheart. Yep. How can you forget a name like Lionheart? Are you kidding me? Right. Um, he needs to be in movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, plus wow. he's got that look of like a romance hero, so I feel like he could oh, be fine. <laughs> and with that last bad name, looking... I mean, my God. <laughs> I was watching the documentary. This is a very true story. And my wife, uh, Danny, was walking through the room. And there was a little quip in the in the documentary where he says, I'm just a carpenter and whatnot. I just saw her hear that as she walked through the room and just this big grin. You know, she looked at the TV and and (laughs) big grin. I'm like, ah, great, yeah. And I told her, I said, yeah, and he's tall, too. So uh, for those who don't know, my wife's six foot one. I'm Uh five six, so, you know. (laughs) Perfect match. Yeah, I got a big kick out of that. Um, That's... uh, no, he's great. He's great. And very genuine, too, it, it seems, you know. Uh, he comes across that way, very charismatic, um, great guy. Now, did you know him prior to making the documentary? Um, I had o- only because I had um, done some work with Play for Your Freedom. Oddly enough, I had uh, worked with his wife before on uh, a huh? different type of project. And so that's how I was introduced to Play for Your Freedom, but not go help out. And uh, mm-hmm. which, of course, I was more than happy to do. And then, you know, you meet David Lionheart and you just cannot. The guy is so genuine and he's given everything he has to play for your freedom. And you see that come across. So you immediately gravitate to that and you want to help. Like he gets so many people on board um, and it's just incredible the organization that he has and what he's what he's been able to accomplish with these groups of vets. It's, it's really inspiring. Oh yeah. You know, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. And and I hope I hope um your documentary reaches people and they get involved too. And I think it will. I think it will. I see this this domino effect 
uh, on so many levels uh, surrounding this topic and, and the documentary and, and everything. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to have missions when they watch this, you know? Seriously. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that, like, it's it's not something that's been really show, showcased in a, a light of being a film. So you can find articles about PTSD. You can talk to your doctor about PTSD. But I don't know if a film has been made yet or, you know, I'm sure there's stuff being made or coming out. But it's it's such an important topic, especially even now for in our society, because PTSD extends past our veterans to people who have dealt with trauma. And I think to mm-hmm. understand it would really help people get a grasp if you're married to someone who's gone through extreme trauma or, um, you know, are friends with somebody who has that when you see the symptoms of PTSD kind of rear their ugly heads, like just really pause for a moment and instead of engaging them at that same level, you know, asking them if they're okay, asking them if there's anything that you can do um, instead of escalating the situation. And I think just knowing some stuff like that might help a lot of people navigate if they have a loved one even that's struggling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And several times this was brought up in the documentary. We need to do better as a society on the transition. You know, if we're going to go have these wars uh, all the time and everything and that doesn't look like it's changing, folks. I mean, that's kind of part of our society. Um, we need to help these veterans from those wars when they come back transition. It isn't a light switch you can flip. You know, they're, they're used to living one way. We've trained them to live one way. And we need to help. And then we expect them just to integrate that with, with no issues and whatnot. And Okay, if that's the goal, then we need to give them every tool possible to help them achieve that goal. That's all I'm saying, you know? All yeah, I'm saying. absolutely. Well, yeah, I think that is, that's an interesting point because we, we really we send them out often overseas into really intense environments mm-hmm. where they don't get significant breaks from. They're always kind of in fear of their lives. And then after, you know, six months, a year, two years, whatever the stay is, we bring them home and – in a in an environment that's 180 degrees different, and we expect them to assimilate fine. And a lot of times they come home to a home that wasn't what they knew when they left. So sometimes their spouse has retreated, or mm-hmm. you know they the spouse has moved, or things have changed. They don't have a job right when they come back. They still have to find a job. And so I think like we forget like what what if like all of a sudden today you were ripped out of your life and put somewhere else like that adjustment alone, even without PTSD would be very difficult. So can you imagine having seen difficult things, having experienced trauma and then having your life shifted 180 degrees and then expected to just get back into society as a normal person? I think that it would be challenging for anybody. So I think that Mm -hmm. that we just need to have a little patience with the vets and understanding so that we can help them bridge whatever they need to so that they can become a healthy member of society again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we, we, we saw, we all know someone, we we all know someone who's been in the service and, 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 and come back and, um, or, or, you know, somebody's kids have and whatnot. And we've all seen that change. We've all seen that change. Um, been right in front of our face, you know, it is, um, it's one of those things that, again, as a society, we all have to step up and um, do what we can to help. Uh, that's amazing. It's amazing. And you made a film about it. How cool is that, Josh? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, boy. Now, see, you could have made that zombie movie, but no, she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something important here. And, uh, that's cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's definitely important to me to kind of, you know, help people understand the things I'm learning about. And I really try to make the films in that fashion, too. I want people to learn the same way I did and see the same things I saw so that then if, you know, they feel the same way I do, then maybe they can help in some way. And if not, that's okay. Not everyone, you know, is going to get on board with things. But at least but I think a lot of people will. But at least they come away from it knowing a little more than they did when they went into it, you know? And that, that's yeah. not a bad thing. That's not well, a yeah, bad and, thing. No. Well, no, sometimes it's okay to plant a seed because it might be their first 
experience of hearing about PTSD and so maybe they're a little more sensitive or they are a little more informed about it and then you know maybe another thing comes out another film comes out or or you know a famous person comes out and talks about it or you know their their relative talks about it and they learn more and they're mm-hmm. all of a sudden like oh I, I saw something about this wow I do kind of uh, understand what you're saying because I saw this you know is this is this the same for you you know I think that's helpful mm, that's amazing that is amazing well, again, folks, the uh, the name of the film is PTSD, The Walking Wounded. It's a documentary. It's a fantastic film. We have links on our show page. Uh, to They have an Instagram page, uh, Facebook, IMDb, and a fantastic YouTube page with uh, all kinds of cool uh, video on there and whatnot. Uh, it's just super cool. And you can pre-order. The film comes out. Uh, you guys are working with uh, Gravitas Ventures, right? Comes out. Yeah. What? In two days? Yeah, October 1st, right around the corner here. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. No, I know, Ash, you've been through this before with other projects and whatnot, but you got to be pretty excited, you know? You're, this is, your baby's going to be, uh, you know, unleashed upon the world uh, in a couple days here. That's well, awesome. Yeah, and that's yeah, because when you make, I mean, that is true. When you make these films, like, you have no idea if anyone's going to care that you made it. Like, all you try to do is make the strongest, best film you can and then hope people care. And it's like, I feel like with this film, I had just sent Gravitas the preview and they were immediately like, hey, when can we see this? They were so excited about it. And then when we gave it, when we showed them the film, they were immediately like, yes, we want this. And, like, it's that's hard to get people to pay attention so to so quickly off the bat have so many people excited about this project yeah it was like uh it was really and it's it does it feels good because a lot of times i feel i think to myself am i making this and no one's going to watch it, it you know luckily that hasn't happened yet. right um but you know you just don't know well except for that film in fifth grade i made you know no one really watched That's that true. one <laughs> but did you send it to gravitas you know did you put it out oh. for distribution did you do the film circuit with it you know, I didn't, but maybe always. now. You think you think they'll pick a film up from 30 years ago shot on my parents' home movie camera? I'll, I'll ask them about it. <laughs> Edited with two VCRs. <laughs> exactly. I think they'll they'll be like, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, this is changing the whole game. This is it, baby. This is it. Exactly. Uh, you know, there'll probably be some meetings with, uh, you know, next to the beach with big sunglasses and, you know, that whole, you know how Hollywood oh, works. Oh, totally. Right? Exactly, exactly. That will definitely happen. That film is going to be the one. <laughs> You'll have to get a little dog to go in your purse, you know, the whole bit. Um, oh, you know, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a big dog gal, Ash. Uh, you seem like a big dog gal. Uh-huh. I, do. I, I, I do love dogs, and I did have uh, my baby girl for about uh, 12 years. She did pass away in November of last mm. Yeah, I've, last year but um but yeah it was amazing so i just need some more time i'll definitely eventually get another dog you know it's just that tears on your heartstrings especially if that's your kid so oh absolutely i can't even think i my wife got me a dog about three years ago and um uh, i have a little matter of fact many of the listeners have heard her snoring uh she can't help it ladies and gentlemen she's got a wrinkled face she's a sharp pay and uh, oh, yeah my partner dude. in crime man my partner in crime um that dog. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everything. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Um, like my dog. Anyhow. <laughs> anyhow. Um, well, very, very cool. Well, this is out, and people can pre order. I just saw on your uh, Facebook page um, on iTunes. They can uh, pre order today. Um, I will be putting that link out as well, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, very, very cool. Yeah, you thank it? you. And, the, and it'll be available. And the, for, it's actually, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to no, say no, that. No, no, no. After you. Actually, uh, they actually, um, it's available at half the cost now until October 1st. So if you want to get it now oh. for less than you have to pay after October 1st, this is the time. Plus, what's amazing is, of course, percentage that goes to the distributor. But most of that money goes right back to Play for Your Freedom and helping vets. So it even kind of helps. So if you have nice. six ninety nine right now, it would really help the film get further. The more um, pre-orders we have, the better it will do on iTunes, and the more it will sit on the first page there. So if people can help and care about this subject, 
that would be super helpful if they uh, would go on to iTunes and do a pre-order before October 1st. Nice. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. And, man, we've all got six, seven bucks in our pocket. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> and if you don't, not a problem. We've all been there. Just share the link <laughs> as well because maybe some of your friends aren't as broke as you are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. Maybe they yeah, can buy you a copy. It. Exactly. You can go over correct. their house and watch it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It'll, it'll be awesome. It'll be very, very cool. Well, Ash, it's been great talking to you. And, you know, we I've joked around a little bit here, but in all seriousness, this is a serious subject, a serious documentary, and um, so cool that you made it, you know. Ash, Thank you. Uh, Tino, ladies, I hope I asked my thing your last name right. I don't want to mess that up. Yeah, I think you said it was fine, Patino. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. Well, real quick, before I let you go, um, are the gears turning for the next pro- – I mean, I know we're we're focused on this right now. Um, uh, anything you can mention before – you know, that the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, or we're going to wait and see? Um, no, we do. We uh, we have another project in the works that is about the Boy Scouts of America hiding pedophiles for since 1920. Ah. Yeah, and we have um, you know survivors. Yeah, it's a light documentary. Wow. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. Just like like uh, I I said to my husband, I need to make a documentary about something like not involving murder and pedophilia after this, yeah, but the uh, blinky or something. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it should it's it should be powerful. We uh we have survivors um who are, you know, now in their 40s to their 90s mm. um who are in mm. the film and they open up about their stories. We also talk to a bunch of the officials and lawyers who have been involved and expert witnesses on different cases and I think it's uh it's going to be very powerful and I think people are going to really have their eyes opened and uh plus have a film that they can you know watch and really understand what occurred there. You know, I can't wait to see it. And then what that means, ladies and gentlemen, we can get Ash back uh when it's at that point, when it's ready um and everything and uh when it's finished cooking. Absolutely. Yeah, we love that. Fantastic. Yep. Well, Ash, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I know you know this, but I'm just going to tell you in case nobody told you today, you're real good at it. You were real good at this. Thank you. You I appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, folks, PTSD, The Walking Wounded, it, uh, it drops in two days. You can get it for half price now. Um, very, very cool. And Gravitas Ventures is an awesome distribution company. I mean, they, you know, they're smart. They they knew what they yeah. were doing when they uh, acquired the distribution rights to this. So um, I would take that as a big compliment. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I don't work for them. But <laughs> yeah, I was very, very, very cool. pleased. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah they, they kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that made me hopeful. If they picked us, that must have meant they thought the product was worth it. So that's exciting. Oh, very cool. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, Ash, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. And I want everybody to go out there, like and share the the social media links and whatnot, and pick this up. Pick this up half price on iTunes. Come on, man. You can't get better than that. Um, Right? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Ash, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're awesome. You rock. And, you know, I can't wait to see more. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. We'll uh, share more as more comes down the pipe here. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up. I kept Ash way longer than I was supposed to. My little light's been blinking. <laughs> I just, I have this piece of tape I put over it. It's like, you know, when your check engine light comes No, don't do that, people. <laughs> Go have your engine checked when that comes on. Ignore Um, it. Just ignore it. it. That's the way. (laughs) You don't want to hear your engine knocking. That is not cheap. Um, But anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. This episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push this out on all the social media uh, platforms and on all podcasting platforms. Uh, So very, very cool. Um, All the links follow the podcast at that point. If you're listening to the show in the future on Spotify or Pandora or something, 
um, you can click right on those links, and that will get you right to where you need to be. Very, very cool, and uh, that's awesome. Okay, folks, we're going to be back tomorrow. We've got a fantastic uh, rock band on tomorrow. Man, I was just blown away when I heard these guys. They're called Little Galaxies. Uh, they're out of Los Angeles, and they are fantastic. So tune in tomorrow afternoon for them, and uh, very cool. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Ash. You rock. Thank you. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tama Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.